Welcome back to the In The Blues Tone podcast. My name's Shane, it's Friday the 2nd of October 2020. I can't believe we're almost at the end of the year already. Even though we've been in lockdown here for what feels like half of the year, I tell you what, the year is still going quickly, which is crazy. I think I'm trying to keep distracted and the drums have been a huge help as well as just also playing a lot of guitar. So if you are stuck in your house, practice because I always say that practice fixes most tonal issues and that's absolutely true so you can fix your tone simply by playing more working on your attack working on your phrasing all that kind of stuff so it's something that I've been doing a little bit more of lately is putting the time in practicing writing some new backing tracks for the videos coming up with some new riffs all that kind of stuff so it's been a good time for me to sort of extend the bag, learn a few new chords, all that kind of stuff. So I hope you're doing well, stay safe, stay positive and uh, keep healthy. So in today's podcast, we're gonna take some questions from the community. Now I posted on my feed on YouTube and also on Patreon, just, hey, if you've got a good topic for the podcast, let me know and I'll add it in if it fits the theme of the podcast. And some of these absolutely do. So we're gonna take a few of these questions today. And I might throw some stuff in at the end of this podcast as well, just depending on how long it goes for. But we have plenty of great questions and topics here. So we're going to get stuck into this. If you do enjoy the podcast, you can find it in audio form on iTunes or any podcasting software. We can listen for free too at inthebluespodcast.com, just in audio form. You don't need any membership, just click play and you're good to go. This first question is from Ian. He says, topic, another guitar or buy pedals? I'm learning guitar and this is what I'm thinking about at the moment. Should I buy another guitar because they are also bloody tempting or start buying pedals to try out different sounds? So there's a lot to unpack with this particular answer. The first thing I would say, if you're just starting out, I would say put the time into practicing. Put the time into some lessons if you wanna do some online lessons or something like that, or just find some really good lessons on YouTube that are free and put the time in there. Now, there's a couple of uh, nuances to this as well. If you've got a Stratocaster, for example, but you love the sound of a Les Paul or an ES-335, go for it. That would be a better investment, I think, long-term than buying pedals. Now, when it comes to the pedal question, much like guitars where you can get, say, a Les Paul and a Strat and they sound vastly different to each other, when it comes to pedals, I always find like I'm dialing in a sound that's in my head most of the time. Now, if you don't already have a sound in your head, that might be a good way to find out what you like, but don't get too caught up in the trap of buying, say, five different overdrives or five different distortions because three out of those five will probably sound very similar. Four out of those five will probably sound pretty similar, actually. So it's one of those things where I always think, I've got a sound in my head, let me find it on whatever pedal is presented. And yeah, I always find like that changes my sound less than changing a guitar does. But I think what will change your sound the best is to put some of that cash into some lessons if you want to get some lessons and learn the music you want to learn and put the time in. That would be the first and foremost thing. Second thing I would probably say, a guitar is a better and more motivating way of learning to play because not all amplifiers need pedals either. So it just depends on your situation, but pedals are good and they can change your sound. And once you find something you love, stick with it. Don't get caught in the trap like I did of going through a hundred different pedals because in the end, it all comes down to the sound that's in your head. The next question is from McClarty John who asks, how good is the Mustang GTX at modeling the Fender Deluxe Reverb versus the Tone Master Deluxe Reverb? Is it worth spending double the cost? This is the biggest difference between both of these amps. Think of the Tone Master Deluxe Reverb as a Deluxe Reverb amp. It only does what it does. It doesn't do anything else. Whereas the Mustang GTX does a million different things and has all the pedals and effects built in. 
They're two completely separate amplifiers. The only common ground is they're both modeling amps, but you don't have any extra settings you can tweak on the Tone Master amps. You just plug in and play. It will come down to what you like. In my opinion, if you've got any external effects, the Tone Master Deluxe is the way to go, or the Twin. I've got the Twin, I love that amp, and it's the only digital modeling amp I'm gonna keep moving forward because you can plug in and play and you don't have to tweak with much. So in my opinion, that's great. But if you're starting out, you want lots of good sounds and lots of different amp tones, and you, maybe you don't even know what kind of tones you like and you're trying to find that, Something like the Mustang GTX or the Boss Katana would be a great option because you get all those different voicings of drive channels, pedals, effects, delays, all that kind of stuff. I would say the Tone Master amps are kind of more aimed at sort of gigging musicians and professionals who might already have a pedal board established, whereas the Mustang GTX is more aimed at someone who might want to practice at home, might want to take it out to a jam, and who might not completely understand the difference between overdrive distortion or different delays and who want everything in one device. That's the strength of the Mustang GTX. But in terms of your question, what sounds better doing the same thing? The Tone Master Deluxe. It's close, but the Tone Master Deluxe still sounds better and it responds better with pedals. Up next, we've got a question from Twan. He says, are high-end pickups and microphones still worth it for the sound or is the difference just in the build quality nowadays? I'm gonna start with microphones here because I really feel like you don't need to spend the big bucks on the Neumanns and so forth anymore to get a really great sound. That was the case probably a number of years ago, but there's so many other brands, Audio-Technica, Rode, you know, AKG, there's lots of brands that are making great microphones at affordable prices where the difference might not be that you know, apparent. It's that law of diminishing returns. If you spend say $2,000 on a microphone, whether or not you can actually pick it from the one that's say two or 300 bucks is up to you and your reference monitors. But it all also comes down to, you know, the preamp quality when it comes to mics. If you've got a home studio, you're not gonna have, you know, $20,000 preamps. You're gonna have a sound card that you plug in. So in that case, it's probably not worth spending the big bucks on the super expensive microphones. I don't think Neumanns are really built any better than a Rode microphone. I haven't opened them up to check that, but from, I've had, Rode microphones now for over 10 years and they're still going strong. Not sponsored by Rode either, but I've got plenty of microphones here. I used to have a studio back in the day and uh, I never felt the urge to go buy a higher end microphone than the Rode sort of stuff or the Audio Technicas because it felt like I didn't have the preamps that were required to maybe hear the difference. So all, that, all the room as well, it all comes down to that stuff. So don't blow too much money on a microphone. That would be my suggestion. Now, in terms of the pickups, there are some differences between dirt cheap pickups and expensive pickups in some cases, but not all cases. I think if you take a really poorly made pickup, they can sometimes squeal with a whole lot of distortion, which might mean they're not potted. So there's, they dip them in wax to kind of help stop them from feeding back. Now that's not always the case either, because if you look at the Squire Classic Vibe pickup, pickups, they're very similar to Tone Riders, or they might be. I know when I owned mine, they were pretty much Tone Rider pickups which I believe sound just as good as any Mexican Strat I've ever played. Now, as you start spending more money on pickups, you are gonna get you know, some guy who's made them at his house as opposed to just mass produced stuff as well. So the cost comes in from there. It also comes in from knowing exactly what you already like with pickups. So I can say, okay, I want a burst bucker or I want a PAF or PAF style pickup in my guitar. That's what I'm looking for. But if you don't know all of that kind of stuff, 
you probably don't need to spend the same amount of bucks. A budget brand like Tone Rider, for example, will give you great results. Even some of the Fender replacement pickups, I really like. The Tex-Mex ones are affordable, they sound great. Texas Specials, even some of their newer noiseless pickups are good. If you play a Strat, you know, there's just plenty, Lindy Freeland, there's plenty of really great pickup makers out there, but I tell you what, it's a real rabbit hole. Once you start changing pickups, good luck. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's done my head in over the years, and I won't buy a guitar now that I don't already like the sound of straight off the shelf, because I know if I start going down that pickup route, it's a black hole that might not even give me any better results. Up next is a question from Bill Marlowe, who's a huge supporter of the channel, so thank you so much, mate. He says, hey Shane, maybe go into how and what was your turning point when you realized that a lot of other guitar brands were as good as the big ones? You've touched on it briefly in some of your reviews. So, I used to be a, a huge gear snob when it came to guitars. I only liked four type of guitars, maybe five, I'll get to that in just a moment. I wanted to either have an Epiphone, a Squire, a Fender, or a Gibson. That was it. And then the door opened up to Tokai. And what really changed my perception of all this stuff was the Japanese instruments. They are so good. They're less expensive in Australia. At the time when I got mine, my Tokai was about, I think I paid around 15 or 1600 Australian dollars for it. And now they're up like $2,500. But to get the same guitar in a Gibson was $3,800. So they were far cheaper. And in my opinion, they sounded better, they felt better to play, and that's just my opinion, which is why I own two Japanese Tokai guitars and many others over the years. But yeah, in terms of the Japanese guitars, they were probably the, the, the opening door to all of the other brands. Another big turning point was when I went over to Jerry's Lefty Guitars, and I remember this distinctively. He had a 1960s ES33 something with P90 pickups, and he had the equivalent in an Eastman in left-handed, which was a far less expensive guitar. And you would always assume that the older guitar would be the better one, right? But it wasn't. The Eastman ate it for breakfast. It was so much better to play because it was in better shape, right? Better frets and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's been times where I've picked up guitars at Jerry's that I've never played before, never heard of and gone, these are really great. Like where's this been the last 10 years? So that already started opening my mind. And in, I'm in the fortunate position too of having the offer to test a lot of equipment, 90% of which I say no to, and that 10% is the stuff that you see on the channel or that I borrow from Sky Music. That's pretty much the biggest portion of the stuff that I get on the channel. So I've been fortunate there to not only try brands like Harley Benton, I've also got a few behind me, the Vola here as well, which totally blows my mind. And lately I've tried the Kiesel guitar, which is a brand I didn't know anything about up until a few weeks ago. And they were nice enough to say, hey, you know, we'd love to build you a guitar, what do you think? And I was like, I'm honored, so thank you. And that pretty much was built to my spec, and it kicks ass, it's unreal. And just the Vola, I picked it up again today, and I was like, man, these guitars are so good. I'll let you know a little secret as well, I'm playing my Vola Strat far more than I'm playing my Fender Strat, because I like the feel of it, I like the tone of it, and having that humbucker in the bridge, totally rocks. So, I'm glad I'm nowhere near as bad of a gear snob as I was. I think when it comes to amps, I'm still pretty fussy because that's the majority of the tone, but I love guitars that feel good and play well, and irrespective of the brand name now, I'm far more open to trying these you know, less mainstream brands because you find stuff like these guys behind me and you go, these are, these are custom shop quality guitars and they don't cost anywhere near as much. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy I've changed my ways. I'm nowhere near the snob that I once was. Up next is the question from Patreon from Dylan Brisbane. Thank you so much for the support, mate. 
you're the biggest enabler when it comes to the Pepsi Max addiction I've got. So uh, yeah, thank you for all the support, mate. I appreciate it. He says, it might be good to talk about your drum kit and if it's impacted your guitar playing at all. This is a little bit of a tough question to answer, but it has impacted my musicality in a good way because I'm finding different pockets I can sit over and play rhythm guitar. That especially I think has changed since I had the kit. As soon as I got it, I realized I can play with more dynamics now. I'm not at the mercy of a different drum track or whatever that I was using before. So I've got more freedom to sort of sit in different pockets and try different feels. I don't know if it's really changed my playing that much because I've been playing with drummers a lot over the years. It's pretty much all I've done. I've never played with a, you know, a fake drum track. Even on the channel, I've always used real drums. So I'm used to playing with real drums, but it's made me more aware of the nuances on drums, but also taught me a lot about different places I can sit the bass groove over. For what, one example is, I put a disco track together on a Telecaster comparison a while back, and that was a whole new genre of stuff. I heard a disco track, I was like, I wanna try recording some disco. So I got home, I laid down the groove, and then I played the bass part, but I had to learn where that actually fits. They kind of predict the changes a little bit like reggae. So that was a new learning curve. And then to play the part on guitar was a different pocket again. So it's got me out of my comfort zone, but it's also forcing me to play more rhythm guitar and a little bit differently to how it was before. I think overall, it's helped the musicality of my my development, just being well more aware of not only where the guitars would sit in combination to everything, but where also the bass and drums fit. So it has helped. I don't know if it's like, it hasn't improved my chops on guitar, but it's making me think a little bit differently. I think my rhythm hand is starting to get a little bit stronger than it's been. So that's probably a good thing as well. You know, being well aware of that snare crack really forces you to be more percussive on your rhythm guitar hand. So yeah, thanks for the question, interesting one. Hopefully that helps, so thanks again. So we got a lot of questions about pickups and I thought I'd take part of this one and then swing it to kind of answer all of the pickup questions. So um, JWJ1 says, uh, pickups are a good topic for me. I've recently thought of changing the generation four noiseless in my Elite, but not sure what else to try. Fender have examples of their different pickups and what they sound like online. When you wanna change pickups, the first thing I would suggest is, is there any way you can fix your tone without doing that first? Whether it's changing your amplifier or changing the settings on a pedal, if you're using pedals, changing the speaker, because I really think tone, sometimes of the guitar, it isn't always the problem. And I'm gonna use my Marshall DSL as an example of this. I love that amp and I can get great tones out of it with the stock speaker, but as soon as I change the speaker to a Texas Heat, uh, it just completely changed the vibe of the amp and made it so much more my type of sound. I think Fender are making pretty solid noiseless pickups these days. They're some of the best out there for what they're doing. I actually had the original ones that came out, the vintage ones, and then I had a set of the Sumerian Cobalt ones, the SC Generation ones, and then I also had the hot noiseless pickups, which were I think the Jeff Beck pickups back then. Now, I'm not gonna say that changing pickups to something else won't improve the tone of the guitar, but there might be other things going on that you should try first, whether it's just amplifier settings or whether it's pedal settings, try mess with your EQ, try to get more tops in, less tops, whatever it is that you don't like about what they're doing for you. Don't change pickups just for the sake of it. I can't stress that enough. Otherwise, you're just gonna keep going round and round with different pickups and you'll lose sight of not only the tone you were looking for, but just playing. So. It's a, it can be a huge problem if you don't already know what you like. So a good example of this is, 
Say you go, oh, I'm just gonna try something for the sake of it, it might not sound better than what you've already got. And then you've just wasted money and then you might put the other pickups back in. But if you go, okay, I can't live with the noiseless pickups, they don't do this, 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 and this. And I've heard another strat that I love the sound of, try and find what those pickups are. Because in a strat, if you change the pickups, you'll drastically change the tone. And I should also say that the pots that they use may also affect the tone. I can't remember if Fender used 250K or 500K pots in those noiseless guitars off the top of my head, but sometimes changing the values of the pots as well will give you a different sound. So uh, if you do change from noiseless pickups, just make sure you've got 250K owned pots. I'll leave some links in the description. Up next, we have a question from Kyle Weeby. I hope that's how you pronounce that. He says, uh, Fender Mustang GTX, best practices when thinking through your tone setup. So I'm gonna start with part of this question first. So we'll start there. So the best practices for me, I already know what sound I like. So I'm trying to dial that in with anything that's in front of me, whether it's a Marshall amp, whether it's a Fender, whether it's a PV, it doesn't matter. I'm always going for that great starting tone. Now I look at the Fender Mustangs one of two ways. You can either set up a great clean tone and then use the overdrives that are built into it to get that sound or you can set up a really great dirt tone like through something like a supersonic so depending on the mood i'll either use a fender twin preset or I'll, or i'll use something like a fender deluxe reverb and i'll try and dial that clean sound in the best that i can and then i'll start adding the pedals so that will come down to everything from the cab find the cab sound that works the best for you find the reverb that works best for you and have it set so if you scroll to that preset that's what you get. And then I would add the pedals in through the foot switch. So I would add an overdrive, something very familiar, either a green style tube screamer thing, or I think they had one that was just called overdrive, which was a yellow, and that sounded so good. It was more of a full range overdrive, and that's a great starting platform. Or you can just crank the gain on it and turn your volume control on the guitar down and have an off clean tone. So that will work too. I really enjoyed the supersonic on the version 2 amps because it really sounded huge and you could have not only a starting off clean tone but you could also have uh, and that you could play lead with as well but then you could boost that up with either an overdrive or a boost so in my opinion that was cool and they're all built-in effects as well so yeah I always try to get that nice clean off clean tone and then put an overdrive in front of it and I always keep it simple in terms of the rest of the effects, I would have some sort of uh, chorusy kind of sound or vibrato through the effects loop or just in the chain. All digital, by the way, these aren't external effects. And then I would always put the delay pedal in the effects loop because it would sound better uh, through, the, through the app setting. So it all comes down to knowing the sound that you like. Don't be scared to experiment. I always feel like people, I get this question a lot about how I used to set up all those tones. It was just a lot of work. I'd sit down, I'd listen to a record or like an MP3 or whatever, and I'd, I'd have it on and I'd listen and I'd hear Stevie do the start a little wing and then I'd fiddle some more and then I'd do it and I'd have a studio monitor there and my amplifier on the floor or whatever and I'd be listening. I'm like, that's pretty close. How long's the trail on the reverb? So I'd go through that process. That's how I did all of those. It was literally listening on studio monitors. And then it was just a matter of going through all of the options on the amplifier until I found something that worked well. That was it. There wasn't any real big trick to it. I didn't think, okay, so Stevie used this. I've got to use that. That wasn't the case. A lot of the time to get more bottom end out of the amplifier, I choose the 2x12 supersonic cabinet, even if I knew it wasn't really a good match in reality to say like a Marshall, for example. 
It's just one example. You just mix and match, try everything. The global EQ on those amplifiers, uh, at least on the GTX anyway, the, the older ones didn't have it and I didn't even feel like it needed it. But in terms of the GTX, experiment around with that global EQ. Um, take off a little bit of brightness if you need to, but don't be scared to try everything. There's no right or wrong. All those patches I made were just from ear, trying, okay, that cab sounds all right. What about this one? Oh, that's closer to the sound. All right, so that'll do. So if you're trying to get a specific sound, find it and study the tone, try to understand what's going on and just play around with the amp until you can get a good representation of it. There's no quick and easy way. And this is one of the downsides of those amps too. There's a lot of fiddling that goes on to try to get it to sound great. The idea of Mustang Monday back in the day was to have someone be able to plug into the amp and just be able to get a great sound with minimal tweaking. So um, go for the sound that you love and don't be too concerned if you're using uh, some sort of different cabinet with an amp that shouldn't really work well together because it doesn't matter. As long as it sounds good and it motivates you, it sounds good and it is good. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening. My name's Shane, I hope you enjoyed this video and podcast, and if you wanna to listen to it just in audio form, head over to inthebluespodcast.com, or you can find it on iTunes or any podcasting software. A massive thank you to all the supporters of the channel, whether that's on YouTube or through Patreon, I really appreciate your support, thank you so much. And I'm gonna to try to bring you a few more uh, videos from this room coming up over the next few weeks as well. I've got a good list of stuff that I think you'll like, and I'll try to bring the podcast back at least once a month. It's been way too long. So thank you again. Hope you're all doing well. Take care. Catch you soon. See ya. Thanks for watching the In The Blues podcast. Subscribe for more episodes. 